Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJ. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 254 of the Fully Opposable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest-running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff. Sitting alongside next to me is my real-life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, it's another beautiful day out here in Tracy, California. A little bit cold. Weather's been kind of turning a little bit. It's nice. And purple haze is the bang of choice today until we do the taste test challenge. Are we going to do that right now? You know what? We may as well kick it off. We just going to get this out of the way? Are we doing this? Yeah, we're just going to do it. We're just going to jump right into it. And it's weird because I'm not used to drinking on this show. That is reserved for another podcast that I do, but I'm looking forward to this. So this came in from at II Big J or JB. Thank you very much for sending these in. This is the Strawberry Blast. Now, we have not seen these in our store, so JB sent these over to us. So thank you again, at IIBigJ on Twitter for sending these over. So Scott, Strawberry Blast in both of our hands. It took a while to get these over to you. We hadn't seen you in a little bit. But you have one in front of you. I've got mine in my left hand. So I think it's time to crack these open and take a swig of this. All right, we doing this? We doing this. On three. One, two... Three. Ah, delicious. It was almost synchronized. Okay, Scott. Uh, three, two, one. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. I need another sip. Sorry. Hmm. Oh, that was nice, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, I, I oh, get excuse a sh- me. Okay, I'll let you go first. What'd you think? It's good. It's not great but it's good i i could see myself drinking i can't drink the whole can because again we record at night we're recording a little bit earlier this week i do have to work tomorrow so i can't go chugging an entire bang at like seven o'clock at night because then i won't fall asleep until like after thanksgiving dinner so i'm gonna have just the few sips i'm gonna put the rest in the fridge finish it tomorrow it's good i could see myself drinking it again but like you said earlier we can't find it anywhere but it's good I get the strawberry flavor from it, but it's more of like a strawberry cream. And that's funny you mentioned that because when I had the key lime pie at your house the other day, I got kind of a graham cracker and cream taste off of that. I don't really get cream off of this. I do get strawberry and it's good. I recommend it. If you find the strawberry, get it. Where would this rank? I'd probably put this one at the middle of the road. Middle of the road. Yes, for sure. I'm with you on that 100%. And big thanks again to the gentleman that sent it over. Like Jeff said, we can't find it anywhere. So this was a treat. Thank you very much. By the way, are the key lime pie bangs already gone? Uh, no, they are not. We had a bunch in the fridge to go through. And so I put the ones that you gave us in the garage fridge. So once the ones in our main fridge are gone, then we're going to rotate those in. So the key limes will go next. It was good to have you guys over. Uh, we had pizza and wings. Yeah, homemade pizza and homemade wings. 
And then we got Porky's, which is a basically a San Leandro staple. It's been there forever in the Manor District, right by where we grew up, actually. That was our pizza place of choice when we were kids growing up. And we had that, and it was incredible, exactly as good as I remember it. But yeah, it was a good time hanging out, celebrating Shannon's birthday, shooting the breeze with you guys. I think the kids were bored out of their minds. But hey, you know what? Sometimes as a kid, you need to be bored out of your mind. If they had wrestling <laughs> figures, they wouldn't have been bored. Hey, I offered to turn on the TV for them. They, they declined. You even offered to let them open up some of your figures so they could play wrestling figures, but they weren't interested Whoa, in that. Oh, nope. Didn't do that. Longtime <laughs> listeners are like, bullshit. <laughs> If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. Also, check out fullyposablepodcast.com right now. Corey Human's third writings is up there right now, and he talks about signings. He talks about signings. and he It's one of our favorite things to do, you know, in non-COVID times, to go get signatures and tell crazy stories of meeting the wrestlers and Celeste big timing, the undertaker and me having an uncomfortable <laughs> moment with sting. Like it, it, it's incredible. We really enjoy it. Uh, I love taking pictures of the moment to kind of capture it. And remember it later. In fact, on Facebook the other day, a uh, memory popped up from five years ago where I met Roman reigns at the Reno wizard con. Oh yeah. And the picture popped up from that where he thanked me for winning the heavyweight championship. I was a big inspiration in the words that I said to him back in 2015. So uh, you're welcome, Roman. You're welcome. Glad I could help. Actually, as you walked up, he's like, Mark, 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 yes. Mark, Mark. He's like those penguins in that cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here comes this Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> but check out fullyposablepodcast.com. Corey Human's third writing is up there. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. If you want to go back and listen to any of our past episodes, head on over to Podbean search fully posable and you can get episode one two all the way up to right now 254 stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and spotify please rate and review on itunes no review again scott jeez come on guys i know create a new icloud account and just leave a review copy and paste your last one it's okay you can send us any audio questions questions or anything else at all send it on over to fully posable wfp at gmail dot com scott foco so i'm gonna skip the read again because christmas is coming everybody out there needs gifts if you yes. don't want to go to the store don't go okay you did it again what i didn't say jeff yes i didn't see there you go but i didn't do uh, that this time you did it again it's two weeks in a row you just go into like robot mode it's the autopilot it's the autopilot you know when you're driving to work and you start driving, and the next thing you know, you're at work, and you're like, man, I don't remember how I got here. <laughs> 20 minutes later, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> it's like you come to all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Will Ferrell. He's all, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, from old school. 100%. Dude, I used to do that all the time when I was commuting. I'd be uh -huh. driving from San Ramon back to Tracy, and I'd hit the Altamont, and I'd go, wait a second. Where'd the last half hour go? <laughs> so scary it's like autopilot but i guess i was on high alert i'm hoping anyway because here i am i'm still good but good. anyway nobody wants to go to the store to shop who wants to be trudging through the crowds at walmart target buying crap that the people probably don't want anyway unless it's a gift card look head over to foco.com right now 
load up your cart with WWE bobbleheads, any type of sports memorabilia that you can think of, load up your cart. When you get to checkout, use code WFP10. You're going to save 10% and you're going to make a lot of people very happy. Again, foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. When you get to checkout, use code WFP10 and save 10%. foco.com. What's that code again? The code? WFP10. The place? Foco, F-O-C-O, dot com. And also, the Edge bobblehead is up for and available to add to cart along with the Hulk Hogan one. Those were gone for a short time, and guess what? They're back. Very, very nice. I love those bobbleheads. They are incredible. You got the Hogan one, Jeff, so I can definitely vouch for that one. I've seen it. I've held it. It's awesome. Foco.com, WFP10 saves you 10%. Scott, did you do any toy spotting? I did. As mentioned last week, I was on Target. I'm sorry, not Target. Target's on the brain because I'm going to mention <laughs> them in a little bit. I went over to Hasbro for their big G.I. Joe Fest thing. I was kind of right on some of the items that they showed. Uh, missed on a few, but went over to HasbroPulse.com to do a pre-order on the Flint and Lady J figures. I got lucky and scored them. And I'm sure you'll get into this in your toy spotting, Jeff. You didn't have as much luck as I did, but you still got them. And then I headed over to walmart.com and bought the three retros that are up for pre-order. So I cleaned up. I did really well. I skipped the bat that they're doing at Super 7. Uh, That one was not high on my list, especially the $75 price point. Uh, Been doing a little bit of shopping on the Undertaker Decade of Dominance figure. I've determined that that is the Undertaker figure I want hanging on my wall. So I'm kind of shopping that one right now. Also trying to find it in store, not having any luck on it, but I'm sure it'll come. And then I'm looking forward to Black Friday. I don't know what kind of deals we're going to find on figures that day, but I'm sure they're going to be pretty decent. So I'm expecting to do some sort of figure haul on Black Friday as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and I did have Target on the brain because... When I was searching, as I always do, just kind of perusing through, I'll check Target at random times just to see if any of the G.I. Joe figures that had sold out pop back up. And also just kind of looking for those Legends WWE figures, which are still sold out. But as I was scrolling through, the Firefly popped up that it was available for pre-order. Oh. And, oh yeah, I freaked out, dude, because I was immediately going to text you. But when I hit pre-order, it immediately popped up with a message that said this item is not available to add to your cart. It should just come up with a message that says... This has been purchased by all the bots. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers on finding it in the store. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it was kind of a tease and it went away and I was very brokenhearted, but that's pretty much completes toy spotting. <laughs> yeah, you were right, dude. So I was on Hasbro Pulse and I got to the checkout screen. Now, mind you, I was on there right away to get Flint and Lady J the classifieds. I click checkout at 10.03. At 10.06, it's still spinning. Mm-mm, that's not good. So I'm texting you, but I'm trying not to be you where like I'm saying F this. I hate yes. this. This is all over toys. I'm trying to be good, but I'm really getting frustrated over here. So behind the phone over here while I'm texting, I'm like, I'm, I'm deleting a lot of F bombs and all this stuff. <laughs> so I, I was like, this sucks, dude. This really sucks because it's been spinning. You said, okay, well, log out and go back in. So I did put my card in again and it spun again at the checkout for about another four or five minutes. You said, do it again, and if that doesn't work, head on over to Big Bad Toy Store. Yep. So I did it one more time, and when I went back onto Hasbro Pulse, said sold out for Lady Jane and Flint. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, they were gone in like 15 minutes. 
So I went over to Big Bad Toy Store. I got my pre-orders in over there. Can always rely on those guys. I mean, thank God. But got them pre-ordered over there. I had talked to Christopher McLeod. He said he had to go over to Big Bad Toy Store as well to pre-order. Yeah, Hasbro Pulse kind of screwed the pooch on this one. Yeah, it's like they don't know how popular these are going to be, so they undersell them, or I, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I, like they're not getting enough of their own product, and they don't. then they can't have enough to fill the pre-orders, which is really strange because they should get it before everybody else, but they were the first ones to sell out. They should see how big this is. I mean, like you would think that they would be like, okay, mass produce this because this is going to be huge. Yeah, and you know what's funny is they're on Target right now. You can jump on and pre-order them on Target. <laughs> None of the other figures you can pre-order, but those two are. Oh, Lady Jane and Flint are over there? Yeah, it's almost like Target's just kind of laughing like, <laughs> we've got these. Can't get any <laughs> other figures on our site, but you can get those. Um, so last night I went over to Walmart in Union City. I was like, you know what? I always hit up Walmart over in Dublin and Pleasanton. So I'm going to go to Walmart in Union City. And I get down this aisle and there's this father and this little girl. And they're standing right in front of the WWE figures. And I'm like, okay, they'll move, you know, whatever. And I'm looking at the figures and they only have Elite 77 and some battle packs. But this little girl, dude, was being annoying. Uh Uh-oh. And she is storming up and down the aisles, just like talking. And she's like ripping off her mask. And she's like, I don't want to wear this. Dad. Like she has that, I hate to say it, but like that bratty attitude. She was like uh, that really bad kid in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But younger. So the dad is standing there and he won't move from the elites. And then finally he does. So I scoot over to the elites just to make sure there was nothing behind Elite 77 or behind the battle packs. Just checking. And the dad goes, okay, well, how about we get one of these? I happened to look over and they had the WWE Motu figures. Oh, okay. The new set? Yep. Oh. Except Mr. T. They had Fiend, Jake, and two Seth Rollins. And you don't have those pre-ordered, right? I No, my pre-order got canceled. Oh, that sucks. Walmart canceled my pre-order. Jerks. So I was like, oh, man. I just saw the Fiend. I hope they don't pick up the Fiend. And the little girl is marching up and down the aisle just like screaming for some reason. And like he's talking. asking her if he should yes. get the Motu figures? He asked her if she wanted any of the Motu figures. Interesting. Okay. And she goes, Daddy, there's Bray with the mask. Get me that one. Ugh. And I was like, damn it. That's the one I wanted. Y'all, somebody call the Oompa Loompas quick. Get this kid out of here. <laughs> so finally, they leave the aisle. And I walk back over hoping that they didn't pick up Bray or the Fiend. Sure enough, they did. But they did have Jake, so I picked up Jake. All right. Well, that sucks, man. You didn't wait for him in the parking lot? No, no. Uh. So after that, I headed over to Target over in Hayward. And I broke down and I picked up the Tales from the Space, Marty McFly from the Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Slippery slope. And I picked up Biff. Mm-hmm. They were so good, dude. I couldn't pass them up. <laughs> hey, I, I, I just think, couldn't. Dude, I'm not saying anything. No, you're over there going, "Uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Slippery slope. That's exactly what I was telling you. Now I just need Doc Brown and I've got them them all and that's all all I'm doing. That's that's it. Okay, so you're not going to buy the Super 7 three and three quarter inch figures? Nope. Are you sure? Yes. What about when we go back to the San Jose Toy Show and Super 7 has a booth and you're like, oh, this Marty's really cool. Not doing it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Are you sure? I am positive. I'm going to hold you to that. 
Okay. The three and three quarter figures I'm good on. I do like the little baseball ones that Super 7 has, but I'm good. I'm good on getting any other lines. Okay. I may pick up a couple San Francisco Giants, but that's it. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. So I did pick up those. Um, And today when I got home, I have behind me, Scott. I should have done an unboxing, but for some reason I I popped this open. I'm going to hold this up to you. Oh, the Hogan and T Funko 2-pack. That is nice. Yep. So Mr. T, I don't know if you can see it, the glares. The Hulkamania there. tank? He's got the Hulkamania tank on, but he's got that thigh master arm thing. <laughs> At least it's not two shake weights. <laughs> That'd be cool if they used two shake weights. Well, no, it wasn't a thing in 85, luckily. But look at Hogan, dude. It looks like a Hogan knockoff. <laughs> he looks like the guy in that meme that's like a, um, a mugshot. And it says when He-Man was done battling Skeletor, he just went off to Florida and started doing drugs. That's what that Hogan looks like. <laughs> no, he looks like uh, the dude that was on WCW Saturday night named Hogan. And it was like... Oh, yeah, like Randy Hogan? Uh, yeah, I love the... Yeah, Randy Hogan. That's it. <laughs> that does look like Randy Hogan. That's a sweet Randy Hogan, Mr. T. Tupac you have. I like those memes. It's Hulk Hogan on top and it says what you thought you were ordering off wish.com. <laughs> and below it's Randy Hogan. And it says what you actually got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I did get one more thing that I'm going to hold up to you. Is it a shake weight? This is not a shake weight. Damn it. Wait a second. Where's the other one? I couldn't find the other one. This is Ivar. Oh, okay. I, 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 dude, it's my OCD. I can't handle this. What, what do you mean you can't handle this? You need Eric. You can't have Ivar and not Eric. I know I need Eric, but like this was the only one I could get. Oh my gosh. This is going to bother me. Can you please just go on to Amazon right now and just pay whatever he, he costs? Just buy him, please. Nope. He's too expensive. Ah, dude. No, that's a really, really good figure. I, Mattel really hit home runs on the Eric and Ivar figures, man. Those things are incredible. What makes this really stand out is the headpiece that they put on him. It looks really good. The beard is pretty good. It could be a little bit lighter because his beard is kind of a, it's kind of like a dark brown, but this is kind of almost black. That's okay. But I mean, that's a small little nitpick. This yeah. figure is fantastic. The headdress piece they put on him, not the kilt, but the, uh, whatchamacallit, the... The cod piece? The what piece? The cod piece from Kako? <laughs> is that where you get cod pieces oh boy you and your pie you and your pie i heard about that one dude <laughs> that's great <laughs> by the way bane says his favorite pie is pecan do you like pecan <sighs> okay the only pecan pie i've ever had was at that little barbecue joint in Atlanta when we went to WrestleMania 37. It was that little mm-hmm. hole-in-the-wall place we went to. Mm-hmm. They had the individual slices of pie, and I grabbed a slice of pecan. It was incredible. And when I went to Kako the other night, they actually had a whole bunch <laughs> of pecan pies available. I skipped the apple, but they had a bunch of pecan, and that's the first time I've seen it there for Thanksgiving. I skipped it because I don't know how good a pecan pie from there would be. And after having that really good one at that barbecue joint in Atlanta, I think it would fail to live up to what that was. So to say I'm a fan of pecan pie might be a lie because I don't know. I've just had that one piece of pecan pie in Atlanta and maybe it spoiled me on the rest of them. I'm almost afraid that it would not be as good as that and it would just be a letdown. When I went to Target last night, they had a bunch of pies sitting out. They had apple, they had pecan, and then they had that gross-ass pumpkin. Pumpkin pie is the worst. Dude. Shame on you. 
Shame. What? Shame. I, you know what I like to do? I like to get pumpkin pies, bring them home, and then throw them right into the garbage because that's where they belong. Yeah, you're the worst, dude. You are. <laughs> you are the worst. You son of a. <laughs> Security. Escort this man out of the building. Sponge squat sweatpants security. <laughs> it's the very best. <laughs> when you insist on the very best. Sponge squat sweatpants on the case. I don't know what's better, that or Ralph's security. Scott, we do have a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, we just put our bangs in the refrigerator. What I like to do is I like to take a melatonin and a little bit of caffeine, and then I like to have them battle it out to see who wins. <laughs> it's an interesting game of roulette when you have to work the next day. <laughs> it is. It is. Scott, what do you have for news? So I do have a slight, I don't know if it's a retraction from last week, maybe a correction. I had talked about the Undertaker figures. Christopher Dean had posed the question of our top five. And I had said that it was an Undertaker from the Rulers of the Ring set. It actually was not from Rulers of the Ring. The Undertaker figure that I liked was around that same time frame, but it was actually from a Sunday Night Heat series called Rebellion, and it was Rebellion Series 2. And it was Undertaker in his black Deadman Ink shirt. All tatted up on the arms, but it was from that series, not Rulers of the Ring. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that was just a correction on a figure that I had mentioned last week. They did make a Rulers of the Ring taker though, right? I believe that they did, but it was not that one. This, The one I was referring to specifically, because I went back and looked it up, it was Sunday Night Heat Rebellion Series 2. And it he had one of the Polly Pocket black shirts on with no sleeves, and it said Dead okay. Man Inc. across the front. So anyway, that's just a, a little revision on Christopher Dean's question from last week. Super 7 this week announced a new addition to their Reaction 3 and 3 quarter inch line, Chet from Weird Science. But this is not Chet in his human form. This is Chet in his, um, well, they lovingly referred to it as Toad Chet. And this depicts (laughs) Chet after he makes Lisa angry and she turns him into a quote unquote toad. I think he looked like a pile of stuff. Not a toad, but if you are interested in that figure, he is available from Super 7 now. I like how they're going weird science on us. Oh, if they did a weird science series, I would be hard-pressed not to get all of them. That is one of my favorite 80s movies, if not one of my favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love it. Anytime it's on, I have to watch it. I don't care where it picks up. Um, I've got it on my Plex. I watch it regularly. And that and Ferris Bueller are two of my 80s staples. So if they did a weird science series, I would be hard-pressed not to get them all. Super 7 also this week released a new Ghost Papa 2 three and three-quarter inch figure. He is available now and, yes, already been purchased for Shannon. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes, and uh, the last piece of news, Jeff, and maybe you'll get to it in the news that you're going to mention about wrestling figures. When is Mattel going to release a Drew McInfart figure? Drew McInfart? Okay, so you didn't watch Raw yet. No, I haven't watched Raw yet. I am so happy that I get to fill you in. So, (laughs) they announced a series of matches to determine the number one contender to the heavyweight title on Raw. Uh Uh-huh. And so Adam Pearce is going through, he's being interviewed by Charlie. You're a dream girl. He's a godsend, yes. Charlie 
is interviewing Adam Pierce and he's going over the matches and whoever wins this series of matches or these three matches are going to go into a triple threat to face or to determine who will face Drew McInfart for the heavyweight title. <laughs> he actually said McInfart? He, on Raw, live <laughs> on USA, said the winner will go on to face Drew McInfart. Oh, that is fantastic. That's most likely verbatim because we watched it probably a hundred times over and over again <laughs> of just that snippet of him saying Drew McInfart. Uh-huh. There's already a shirt on T Public. Oh, no way. It was up within minutes of him saying <laughs> Drew McInfart. There was a shirt on T Public. It was trending on Twitter, dude. <laughs> Drew McInfart. So, okay, I haven't seen it yet, but did Pierce kind of catch himself? Like, oh, crap. Oh, very much so. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Because he was trying to say Drew McIntyre for the, you know, heavyweight title. And he said he got ahead of himself, he stumbled. <laughs> The winner will go on to face Drew McInfart. Oh, man, that is fantastic. I got to head over to Tee Public and get that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get the shirt before it's gone. But before you do that, go and check it out. It was hilarious. We died, <laughs> dude. We died. It was great. Oh, that is fantastic. This guy heading on over to Wrestling Figure News. I did pull one question from the Wrestling Figs message board. This question came in from Bojangles. On the Wrestling Figs message board. That's a great name. Good name. Is the fan takeover voting moving strictly to the WWE website and not including social media voting options a permanent move going forward? Is this a strategy to limit voting to potential buyers as opposed to people who might just be scrolling on social media? Steve Ozer said the poll will also go live on Instagram and Twitter next Thursday. It'll just be open a little longer prior to WWE.com. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Why limit it just to the WWE website? Give it to everybody on social media. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was actually a, a really good question from Bojangles. For sure. Scott, moving along, I did want to pull this one too. Somebody posted a picture of New Day when they came out of Survivor Series in their Gears of War outfits. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, obviously, it's going to be a very short-lived thing just to hype the game. Yes. And then they'll go back to regular New Day gear. But it's awesome when they can do kind of one-off stuff like that. So on Instagram, somebody messaged Bill McKenna and said, we need elites. And he had the picture of all three New Day members with their Gears of War outfit. Bill said, love it, but third-party video game IP, unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would be awesome if they were able to do something like that. But yeah, it's a conflict, so... We're not going to see it, but that doesn't mean that we won't see customs. And Scott, last bit of news. Nick Aldis is selling 100 of his cella toys on his site, signed by Nick Aldis himself. So cella toys is putting out the little Hasbro figure of Nick Aldis, where he has the red tights on. The card art looks great. It will be signed by Nick Aldis himself. That's great because that product is gone, completely sold out. So... Look, there's a chance to get a hundred of them. So stay tuned to his uh, social media. Find out when those go on sale. We do have a listener segment. So what do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen. Scott, this first question comes in from the great Michael Sugarman. He says, who holds the shared collection items? 
us listeners want to know? <laughs> That's mostly you. I've got the Pillow Buddies. Correct. At the house. That includes the new LOD set, which I picked up on Saturday and got to see in person for the first time. Incredible job. Those things are so great. And again, I can't compare them to the original Pillow Buddies, the Legion of Doom ones, because there's just, there's that nostalgia factor that you really can't beat. But they did such a great job on really bringing 1980s Road Warriors to the forefront. And I love it. And the fact that they're signed by Paul Ellering just takes them next level. So I really can't compare the two. They're both just so great. So I've got the Pillow Buddies in addition to the new Wrestling Asylum Legion of Doom or Road Warriors set. You have the LJNs and you have the Hasbros. I've got the Galoobs. I've got the Remcos. And somewhere in the garage, Jeff, you know, the garage. Oh, yes. There is a humongous white box. And I've mentioned this a couple times on previous shows. There's a humongous white box that has all of the bone crunchers. And I mean all of them because I bought every single one from about 1996. So I'm talking series one all the way through about 2000. I would say 2000, 2001. So there's some real scans in there too and some Titan Tron lives. So somewhere in that garage is a huge box and I separated them all with uh, like packing or not parchment, but like packing paper, that heavy duty paper. Yeah. And they're in rows. So I'd, I'd make a row of figures and then I'd put paper on top of them, make another row of figures, put paper. So there is a humongous box, probably weighs like 80 pounds in that garage somewhere that has all the bone crunchers. So that one is in neither of our possession right now. All of the, the mid nineties to 2000 jacks mm-hmm. that's in the garage, but all the other ones, as I laid out, I've got the Galoobs, I've got the Remco's, you've got the LJNs and the Hasbro's and I've got the pillow buddies. That's how it works out. Also, if whoever purchases it, they usually just keep it in the house, but it's usually in the shared collection, you know, because Scott and I don't live together. So, you know, we can't properly display them up around. Right. But if we had a bachelor pad. It, yeah. You know, we should actually rent a place for our figures and just display. That's all that's going to be in there is figures. And cats. Cat, w- cats. Well, I guess they could watch the stuff. Yeah, Exactly. Okay. You're changing the cat box though. I don't want anything to do with uh, that. I have, I don't want, I'm so sick of cat boxes. <laughs> All right. We'll just get stuffed cats. We'll just put a bunch of plush Daryls in there. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Sugarman for your question. Scott, next audio comes from Justin Summers. Let's see what he's got to say. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again, Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with what is becoming my weekly listener question. I got a lot of questions in the next coming weeks that have kind of formulated in my head. Uh, This one I wasn't going to use this week, but shuffled some things up basically because of some news or some rumors that came out about WWE. Last week, it was leaked, reported, rumored, whatever, that WWE could be potentially done with doing house shows even after COVID-19, the pandemic, all that stuff is over. So when we go back to normal living we won't have the same house show tours that we did back in the good old days of 2019 that got me thinking and something that i've been kind of pondering lately and i think it's a very fun question is what was your first live wrestling show like and 
what merch did you bring home from that show? And are there any other notable live events that you have been to and you're really proud of? For me, my very first live show was back in 1994. It was actually April 22nd, 1994. I don't have a great memory. I was only eight years old at that time, but I have looked it up thanks to the wonderful world of the internet. But that was the WrestleMania 10 Revenge Tour. I'll never forget experiencing my first live show and how I felt like at that age. And it's something I think that us wrestling fans, we should never forget because there is always that eight year old, six year old, 10 year old out in the crowd that are that is experiencing that for maybe the first time, maybe the second time. But it's it's a joy that you feel then that you might not feel when you're older. The merch that I got from that particular day, which I'm an only child, so I had a little bit of a benefit of not having my father being spread thin. For me, I got a foam intercontinental belt, and I want to say that's like one of the first things I wanted. I also got the Razor Ramon necklace, the little, you know, Razor necklace. I also got a program and the Tatanka foam tomahawk. Unfortunately, I don't own any of these items anymore. I think I lost the program when we probably got rid of all my wrestling magazines when I got a little bit older. The razor necklace, I traded with a kid. I sold my intercontinental belt when I was probably a good five years older and that belt had been really beat up. And the last thing that I had up until middle school, the foam tomahawk when a friend of mine accidentally ripped it. Other notable live event experiences for me, I was in the second row of WWE Unforgiven 2008. I have a chair from that particular show, and I can be briefly seen on camera when Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho go into the crowd. Other than that, I've been to plenty different independent wrestling shows, and I've been to Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, a handful of other promotions such as that, like going to those live shows and WrestleMania in Orlando, that whole weekend of stuff. But it all goes back to that first time I went to a live wrestling show. And that's what I brought home. I look forward to hearing what you guys brought home from your first show or how long it was until you brought something home from a show. But that will do it for me. Thank you guys for everything you do. Look forward to hearing your answers. And I'm sorry for making everybody hungry last week with my question. Later. So we've talked about this plenty of times on the show, but uh, yeah, our very first show was at the Oakland Coliseum. Main event was Randy Savage versus Junkyard Dog. And before they even got started for the match, Randy and JYD just started spitting at each other. So JYD's on the floor, but you know how Randy would climb up, have one foot on the second rung and he had the top foot on the top rung. Well, he was leaning over, spitting down at JYD and JYD was spitting up. But when Randy would spit down, he would sometimes miss JYD and the people in the front row were like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> you know, like Scott's always said, it turned into a Gallagher concert. Yes. <laughs> I remember the very first match was Nikolai versus Corporal Kirshner. Are you sure it wasn't SD Jones and Iron Mike Sharp? I'm almost positive it wasn't SD. But, okay. the fun- but the funny thing is, is I've gone back and looked at that show. We've actually talked about it before on the show. And Ricky Steamboat was on that card, and I don't remember Ricky being there. I don't either. It's kind of a blur, but that was, man, was that 86? I think that was 86. 86. Okay. 
And one other thing I remember from that show is <laughs> dad had, I forget what poster we had gotten and some kids stood up in front of us or some person stand up in front of us. And cause we had floor seats and dad grabbed the poster and like hit the dude with it. And my concern was not dad possibly getting in a fight because he hit a guy with a poster to make him sit down. My concern was him bending the poster. <laughs> now, I'm thinking that might have been the Macho Man poster. I think it was. Now, this poster was the one where he was perched up on the, as you mentioned, the second rope and the top rope. He had one foot down, one foot up, and he had the silver robe on. Yep. But he was on the outside of the ring looking at the inside of the ring and he was pointing. So it was like a more of a studio shot than it was a live action shot. That poster hung up in my room for, oh my gosh, 10 years, nine years until I moved out. Oh yeah. If not even longer, dude, that was there for Scott's time of existence at mom and dad's place. Yeah. I'd love to find that thing. If I could find it, it would definitely go up in the hopefully soon to be set up media room. I would love to have that poster again. But I think that was what we got that night. And I believe our next show, we went to a couple more house shows, but probably the big one for us was WrestleMania four, which we saw on closed circuit at the Coliseum. Well, I'm thinking more of, I, I know Justin Summers threw in um, WrestleManias and all that stuff. And we've been to so many WrestleManias and, but I'm thinking more of house shows, house shows. Like I remember the time we went to a house show and it, the main event was Bret Hart versus Rick Martel at the Oakland Coliseum. Yes. And Randy ran, our, our buddy Randy ran down to the front where Bret was going around the guardrail and slapping hands with everybody. Bret was champ at the time. And Randy stuck his hand out and Bret hit his hand and Randy turns around. And he goes, holy crap, his hand is drenched. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we can only assume it was sweat. <laughs> He's all, that's the sweatiest palm I've ever touched. <laughs> <laughs> now let's not forget too, on that card, that was the one where Razor faced Lex Luger, right? And they were both heels at the time. That was a different card. Oh, that was a different show. That was in 1993. Um, that night, it was Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Red Rooster took on One Two Three Kid as the Curtain Jerker. Okay. Uh, Razor faced Lex in the main event. Sean faced Mr. Perfect. Smoking Guns faced the Head Shrinkers. Okay. I'm drawing a blank on other matches that night, but that was a big portion of those matches. But that night with Brett and Rick Martell, that was the night with Undertaker and Nails and it went nine seconds. Oh, the squash. Yeah. So basically, bell rings, Nails takes off after Taker, Taker ducks, Nails hits the turnbuckle, comes back, Undertaker hits him with a chokeslam or a tombstone. I couldn't remember which one. And pins them one, two, three. And then they're like, okay, Undertaker wins uh, off to intermission. It was like, oh, okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the time that it was supposed to be Ultimate Warrior and Ric Flair facing each other? Yes. And that match changed like 15 times before it got to the Oakland Coliseum. Yes. So it was supposed to be Warrior and Flair. That's correct. when we bought our tickets. Yep. Then Warrior bounced and it became Flair versus Undertaker. Yep. Then Flair's deal started to expire. So he was off the show and they subbed him in with nails. <laughs> so what we were supposed to get was Warrior and Flair buy our tickets. <laughs> WWE pulls a bait, and, or a, a bait and switch and we get Undertaker versus Nails in a nine second match. And the main ends up being Martel versus Bret Hart. 
Yep. Uh, the other house shows that I remember very vividly, I remember uh, WCW came to the Oakland Coliseum, and we always went to, it was either San Jose or Oakland Coliseum. Those were our two main. We we did go to a few Cow Palace house shows. Yeah. But Coliseum and San Jose Arena were our main house show areas. WCW came to the Oakland Coliseum in 94, and the main event was Hogan and Flair. Yes. And that's why we got our tickets, because Scott and I were like, holy crap, we're going to see a Hogan versus Flair match. It's like, check off the bucket list right there, you know? What we thought we were going to get at WrestleMania 8, now we're going to get it a few years later in 94. Yep, and we got it at a house show in Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we got to see that. I remember Johnny B. Bad was there. I remember the uh, Bad Bucks were, like, raining down on us. Man, I don't remember that at all. My memory's getting so bad with those early shows. I'm glad you remember that stuff. What other house show memories do you have? Uh, the, oh gosh, was it the head shrinkers that smashed one of the smoking guns on the back with a chair? That was the tag team extravaganza night. It was Oakland Coliseum and the main event was Brett and Luger versus Owen Hart and Yoko. And there was another head shrinkers versus smoking guns match. Cause we had seen that match like three times at the Oakland Coliseum. And this was like the second of three or something like yeah, that. Yeah. One of the head shrinkers takes the chair and wallops. I think it was Billy in the back. I, uh, it wasn't even close to being like one of those Lance storm chair shots from the ECW pay-per-view on Rob Van Dam. This was the exact <laughs> opposite of that dude. Like there was sweat and almost like smoke coming off a dude's back. <laughs> it was bad. Like, and you heard it through the entire arena. It was like, holy crap, what did he do? Like, what did he do to piss him off? It was the loudest chair shot we had ever heard. It just echoed throughout the Coliseum. Yeah, it was insane. It's still to this day the loudest chair shot I've ever heard. I've told this story as well. So it was the uh, Bariquas versus Headbangers opening sh- match at the San Jose Arena one night. No, it would have been like 97? Uh, 90. Yeah, it was 97 actually. Okay. And Savio Vega whips Mosh into the, into the ropes and Mosh hit the ropes wrong. And he kind of bounced back and kind of clotheslined himself basically on the top rope. And Savio turns to the ground and he starts going, you effed up. You, <laughs> and literally it got the crowd going, you effed up. It, just, it was, it was so funny. Like, but that was the stuff they could do on house shows. You know, you can't do that on a Monday night raw, but yeah. you could do it on a house show. And it was so funny, dude. I told Savio that story. I was like, dude, this is my favorite story of you. And I told him that story and he's sitting there dying. That was at wrestle reunion in 2011. I think it was. Yeah, it was 2011. But we were going around the room and I was with you and I told him that story. He's dying laughing. He's all, <laughs> I kind of remember that, dude. That's how <laughs> fun. I remember Stockton show Seth and versus Roman. And that was the match before the intermission. And that match stole the show. That match went about 27 or 28 minutes. And it was so good. I was like, this is a Stockton house show, guys. Slow down. But man, Seth and Roman tore that house down that night. What year was that? Was that when Roman got popped for the PEDs? 2016, I think. 2015 or 16. Okay. I think you and the kids were there that night. Okay. Yeah, I totally don't remember it. But like we could go into WrestleManias. By the way, Scott, since Undertaker is retiring. Yeah, we should absolutely talk about that. You and I have been to WrestleMania 12, WrestleMania 2000, 19. You went to 20. I did not. 21, 22. Didn't go again until 26, 27, Miss 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. You weren't at these ones. Uh, 34, you were at. And you were at 30, but. Well, I was at 31 also. Oh, you were at 31. Yeah, yeah, And exactly. I was at 29. 
Yep. So, out of all those WrestleManias that you and I have been to, which one was Undertaker not on the card? Uh, let's see. Well, technically, we were at WrestleMania 4. We just weren't there live. But we did get to watch it on closed circuit as it happened. So I'm counting that as a half. Uh... Don't argue. I've already consulted with the uh, the judges, and they've allowed it. It's a half. Where are these judges? They're they're just there. Don't worry about it. They're holding gavels, and they're wearing black robes. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> they're very official. Okay. So let's see. Okay, so 12, he was at. He wrestled Diesel. Yep. Uh, 16. 16. He wasn't at 16. Very good. Yeah, he didn't wrestle at 16. Yep. Okay. So 19, he took on A-Train and Big Show. Yes, was supposed to be Nathan Jones in his corner and ended up being a handicap match. 20, you were at, he faced Kane. 21, he took on Randy Orton. 22, he faced Mark Henry. Yep. We missed 23, 24, and 25. Yes. 26, he took on Shawn Michaels where you cried. You cried. I'm not crying. You're crying. We cried. Okay, fine. 27, he took on... Triple H. Triple H. We missed 28, 29, took on CM Punk. 30, he faced Brock. Yep. 31, he took on Bray. Yep. 32, uh, Shane. 33, Roman. 34, Cena. And then that was the last WrestleManias we had been to. Uh, Yeah, that was it out of the ones that we've attended. So out of all those WrestleManias we've attended, he only missed one. What's your favorite match out of all the ones that we attended of The Undertakers? Uh, I'm going to say Orton. Dude, I'm right there with you. Like the one against HBK was great, but I don't think that it trumped 25. I think their 25 match was better. Correct. Also, you knew the outcome at 26 because you knew HBK was leaving. You knew they weren't going to retire or Undertaker was not going away after 26. But Correct. you knew Shawn Michaels was. So not that it was a bad match by any stretch. It was fantastic. But it wasn't better than 25. And you almost knew the outcome. So I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to put Orton up there. I think that that match is highly underrated by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The other one that I think is highly underrated because people always focus on that WrestleMania 28 match with The Undertaker and Triple H in the cell. But his match with Triple H at 17... That's actually my favorite Taker match with Triple H. Oh, are you talking about... Or I thought we were talking about the shows that we've been to. Oh, well, no, we were. We were, but I'm go, I'm just going into Taker matches at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Okay, okay. Yeah, now I'm just kind of going into Taker matches, but I'm going to echo you on the Randy Orton match. I think that's my favorite also out of all the ones that we've attended is yeah, his this, match with Orton. You know what's funny is I, I would say it would go Orton and Taker... Michaels and Taker at 26, and then it would be CM Punk and Taker. Oof. I would probably put CM Punk even ahead of the HBK twenty at 26 match. I wouldn't go that high. Dude, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it again. I have, dude. It's a great match. Okay, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Good job on figuring out which WrestleMania he wasn't at that we were at. Yeah, and that was one too. I think I was talking to Owen Anderson about it the other day. He asked if I was shocked that The Rock didn't win. Or that Triple H walked out with the title at 16. And I was like, oh, of course. Dude, like, that was a rock crowd. Yeah. Like, there was no doubt in anybody's mind Rock was walking out with the strap that night. Yep. And when Triple H won, I was like, whoa, wait, what? Right. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, it was a shocker for sure. Because the heel doesn't usually leave as champion. And that night, he did. Thank you, Justin Summers, for that question. We could have actually gone in even further because we could have talked about Raws and SmackDowns and... Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about those. We were on a, 
pretty much in screenshot the entire time at one San Jose Raw. And on a Fresno Raw, that was the night of the pull-apart between Tyson and Austin in 98. Uh, We were in camera shot a lot of the time. Not 100%, but a lot of the time. And one of the house shows that we went to, this was the match with Razor and Luger when they were both heels. Razor called Luger horseface during a promo. (laughs) He said, hey, horseface. I wish we could find that on YouTube. Oh my goodness, it was so great. Like you and I looked at each other like, wait a second. Did he just call Luger a horse face? Thank you again, Justin. That was a lot of fun. We look forward to your questions, man. I, I We really do. It's a lot of fun answering your questions and uh, interacting with you, man. So thank you again for sending those in each week. We look forward to them. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. This week, I wanted to ask you guys if there are any holiday attractions you guys tried to visit this time of the year. Aside from a garden place near me in my area, which while not technically a holiday attraction, certainly feels like one with how much they decorate the place. My family has tried visiting a place called Kazare's Christmas Village. I hope I said that right. Kazare's is basically your neighbor's over-decorated Christmas house if it hit the gym seven days a week for 365 and never skipped leg day. <laughs> There are lights everywhere. Everything you think of usually when it comes to Christmas is somewhere in the village and they've got all sorts of near displays to look at. I know you guys are more out west, but I do recommend at least looking up pictures and videos of this place. It's one of the most amazing Christmas attractions I've been to and I hope come next year this time COVID is long gone and so me and my family can make it a tradition to visit this place. There is a place that's right around the corner from us. It's called Thompson Lane. And Thompson Lane over here in Alameda, California, is the second longest running wrestling figure podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's the second longest (laughs) street decoration. So everybody on the street has to decorate their house. It has to be in their contracts or something when they buy a house on that street. Yeah, it's part of the HOA. It has to be, dude. But Thompson Lane is just your average street and every house decorates. And I will say almost every house tries to one up each other, which is great for the people that walk up and down that street because you're always like just mesmerized by everything that they just went through to decorate the house. But it's something to behold because you could see the competition and the testosterone flowing between neighbors and well, you know, I've got this big old sound machine that's in a place Slayer and it's in a <laughs> it's on a light up the garage and you know, all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm gonna play Pantera over here. You know, it's just it's it's awesome, dude. I love going down Thompson Lane. So that is a tradition of ours is that we always go up and down Thompson Lane. It's gonna be a little different this year. We may have to drive up and down it. We may do that right away so we don't have to worry about it on Christmas night when streets get backed up and everything. But That's our tradition out here for going to see decorations. I need to complain to Christmas's manager, if anyone knows who that might be, because I have to register a complaint. Uh, Because? Because with Christmas decorations, why have we not yet gotten... Because you know how they always do those big inflatable things in the front yard? Yeah. Can you tell me why not one of the people or one of the companies that makes those inflatables has approached WWE and said, hey guys... What about an inflatable ring? Hey guys, what about inflatable wrestlers? Are you telling me that wrestling fans out there would not buy an inflatable ring and would not buy an inflatable Roman Reigns and an inflatable Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar or insert name here, Drew McInfart? 
I, I think that's more for the ladies, Scott, the inflatable part. I think that's more for the ladies. Oh, maybe they already exist. They're just not Christmas decorations. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. That's actually a brilliant idea. I'm telling you right now, if one of those blow-up people approached WWF or WWE and they signed a deal, I would own an inflatable ring and probably most of the inflatable wrestlers. Okay, here we go again. Do you How think are... those exist? Like, I don't know, but I can't get through this segment with you just saying inflatable all the time. <laughs> That's too much, dude. <laughs> Guilty conscience? <laughs> uh, it takes me back to my single days. <laughs> all those inflatable sheep. <laughs> oh. So I want to complain to Christmas's manager that this is not yet a thing. And if anybody out there is in marketing in any way, shape, or form, or you have a contact to any of the companies that make those inflatable things. We need to get WWE on board because my front yard would be like the Royal Rumble. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would have all of the dudes and all of the ladies inflatables. Okay, see, here we go again. Now I'm not can... able to get past it because you brought it up, you sick bastard. I could see you buying all of them and Shannon's like, there's no room on our lawn. And you're like, no, I could like move this guy and this guy and slide Hogan right here or whatnot. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's actually a brilliant idea. Well done, Scott. Thank you. It should happen, right? I agree. I agree. Uh, like I would imagine 90% of our listener base right now that's listening to this part is like, dude, I would totally buy that. Well, I'm thinking of Hogan just like ripping off the shirt, like that pose. Uh, it, it, yeah. I'm thinking of Brett with his arms out. Undertaker in the the saluting pose when he gets down oh. on one knee and throws the hand up to the urn. Which, by the way, during that part when they had the hologram Paul Bearer. Yeah. That was really cool. Celeste cried. Did she really? Okay. I know she's not the only one. Thank you, JT, for your weekly question. Scott, we're going to play Godfather's Hat. We haven't played this in a while. So what do you say we jump into it? What's that smell? Sweat and shame. Scott, it's time to play Godfather's Hat. We haven't done this in a while. So what Godfather's Hat is, I have a hat here. And inside this hat is a bunch of wrestling figures' names. Not the actual wrestling figures, because that would be way too heavy and bend the hat. So it's just a name on a sticky note. I pull the name from the hat. Scott does not know which figure is coming, and Scott will go in and talk about it. Here is the hat. It is pulsating. It is shaking. Lots of feathers. A lot of glitter. All right. First name. Mattel Elite Legends. Rick Martell. Very, very good figure. And actually a grail for a lot of people that didn't purchase it when it was out. And we've had this conversation about the Legends line too. Had we known that those things were going to escalate in value like they have, I think everybody would have snatched them up, but you can kind of remember these legends sitting on pegs for a long time. And they were almost, a lot of the names were peg warmers. Mm -hmm. And Martel was one that you saw quite a bit when you went to the store. He didn't exactly get snatched up when he was released, but man, you try to find him now, you're going to pay for him. And it's outstanding in, in terms of who did it better. He actually tops a lot of people's list. I know that the Hasbro is up there. 
And what the Hasbro was lacking was an arrogance accessory. Well, this Martel Legends figure comes with that. So first off, to kind of differentiate it from its Hasbro figure, the Mattel Elite Legends had a black jacket. He was in his purple gear. The Hasbro did not have a jacket. The Hasbro was in pink gear. This Mattel Legends Martel figure came with an Yes, I am a model button and the canister of arrogance. Whereas the Hasbro counterpart was literally only Martel in pink gear. That's it. No jacket, no button. And most importantly, and I don't know why Hasbro didn't include it. It's one of the biggest misses in the Hasbro line, actually. No canister of arrogance. You got all of that with the Mattel figure. The likeness, spot on. Now, the Hasbro one was great too. Hasbro really captured Martel well, but the absence of the arrogance canister, ugh, it eats at you because Hasbro did have some killer accessories from Jake Snake to Honky's guitar, Demolition's masks, all of the cool accessories were there. But no canister of arrogance, and that just it, it detracts from the, mo the model figure, but you got that with the Mattel Legends, you got the arrogance, you got the button, you got the jacket. It's a perfect figure. It really is. On a scale of 1 to 10, that one, I don't think we've rated that one before, have we, Jeff? Well, maybe we should save that for score for points of articulation one week. Okay, okay, good call. It's going to be way up there, okay? Like when the dude goes and rates pizza, the really good places start off at like an 8. I can tell you that's where the model figure is going to rate, around an 8. I like actually that they put him in purple gear. Because it really made it stand out from the, the Hasbro version. Because mm -hmm. in the Hasbro, as I mentioned, he was in the pink. And the, the Mattel Legends, they put him in purple. I really like that. It sets it apart. It makes it different. Oh, man. It's going to be hard not to go into points of articulation on this thing because it's so good. The likeness is there. The accessories are there. It's going to be starting off at an 8. I'll just say that. We will get to that figure in points of articulation. Awesome figure. I don't know what going rates on it are. Because I haven't been shopping that one. But you've got to figure it's in, man, at least in the hundreds, right? Oh, easily. I think last time I saw it, it was over two, if I'm not mistaken. It was over two? Okay. And and you know and what? was carded. Okay. That totally makes sense. So probably I'd be a buyer loose. And when I ever go back to start completing the Legends that I foolishly missed out on, he's going to be at the top of the list. Great figure. Captures the model perfectly. I love everything about it. High scores for that one. He also came with a pair of sunglasses too that was on the figure in the package. Yes, thank you. That made it even better because pretty much every time he did a promo, he had the sunglasses on. And it was a missed opportunity by Jack's Classic when they did the model Rick Martell in their Jack's Classic line. They only gave him like a, a pink sweatshirt, which he wore around his neck, which, okay, Rick Martell did. Yeah, that was good. But, like, if you really want to hit a home run, you need to include the button, like Mattel did. Yep. You need to include the arrogance, like Mattel did. Jack's Classic, for their single line, really missed the ball on that Rick Martel Because he was also in the two-pack with Jake, with the blindfolds. And he was also in the two-pack with Strike Force. which, okay, cool, you got the Strike Force one. You nailed that one. Great job. But we want the can of arrogance. We want... The yes, I am a model button. It was hilarious. It was like he had to remind you, yes, I am a model. It played into his heel persona perfectly. And I think out of all of the Rick Martel figures that have been done, 
Hasbro did an outstanding job on their figure, but I believe that the Mattel Legends just really captured everything about heel Rick Martel that, yes, he was a model, and here is a perfect example of heel Rick Martel. It was, it was an incredible figure at the time, and I kick myself for passing on it. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a grail piece for a lot of people and for good reason. And now you're going to pay for it. Scott, last figure from the Godfather's hat this week. You can hear him shaking, shaking and moving. The hat is shaking and moving? All right. It just spit out a name. I hope it spit. The next name the hat spits out, Scott. (laughs) Jack's classic, Powers of Pain. Oh. So let me first off say thank you, Jax, for being the first ones to give us a complete Powers of Pain set. I knew that was coming. Granted, they were not in the package together. Okay, you had to buy them as singles, but that's fine. And those figures, they actually mean a lot to me, the Powers of Pain Jax classics, because I do have both signed hanging up on the wall. And the Powers of Pain were awesome when we met them. And I think Jax did an outstanding job of creating the Powers of Pain, the dominant tag team that was in the late 80s. They did a great job of of capturing those guys. The accessories that they put with them, which are like those big staffs with like, I don't know what, they were almost like weapons. Um, Add an extra touch to it. But it didn't even need that. If anything, they could have put maybe a miss was they didn't have those jackets or vests or whatever you want to call them that they wore down, the furs that they wore down to the ring. They could have included that. Maybe instead of the the spears or whatever it was that they came with, or what do you call them, the dragon walking sticks? Dragon walking sticks, yes. Thank you. They could have done without those and maybe put on the, the, the gear, the jackets or vests, whatever you want to call them. They could have included that instead, but that's a minor nitpick. The more important thing was is we got the Powers of Pain, and I've been pretty clear with the Powers of Pain. I've gone back and watched their matches. They weren't great, the Powers of Pain, and I think it was mostly Warlord. Their matches don't really hold up now. In fact, I went back and watched Survivor Series 89, and Million Dollar Man was teamed with the Powers of Pain and Zeus, taking on mm-hmm. Hogan, Demolition, and Jake. Mm-hmm. And watching it again, I'm pretty much convinced it was Warlord that was just still green their tag team matches just weren't they weren't great but you know what in the 80s to late 80s you didn't need to have great matches you just needed to have that look and the powers of pain had that look much like the road warriors they were road warriors ripoffs absolutely but they had that look they had the face paint they were super muscular the long black tights that's all you needed you didn't need to be super great in the ring look at ultimate warrior so they were made to be action figures. They had that look. And that's what Jax did is they perfectly captured that look. They made them action figures. They were perfect. The face paint, the hairstyles, the black tights, the muscles, everything is there. Great two-pack. And again, kicking myself again at a flea market, not a flea market, a garage sale about three years ago, I came across the Powers of Pain. Singles. And he was good. No, on the card. Now, keep in mind, I already have them. I got them signed back in 2011 at Wrestle Reunion. Right. Same show where you told Savio Vega the house show story. Right. I've already got them up on the wall signed. Dude wanted, 
I want to say 20 or 25 for the pair. What? I passed on them because I already had them. And money oh, money no. was tight. And we started to go to Walmart and get stuff for the house. And Shannon's like, look, if you want them, just get them. And I'm like, you know what? I've already got them. All I'm going to do is open them. So I think I'm going to pass and save the $25 if I find something else at Walmart. Which, coincidentally, I did. I found the Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior Retro Series 1. So it wasn't a complete loss. Okay? Mm. Don't kick me for this yet. But I did pass on them. And I could have had oh, a loose no. set, yeah, for 25 bucks. And as we all know, they go for more than that now. But, yes. uh-huh, because I would love to have a loose set. But, oh, well, I've got them up on the wall signed. If you don't have a Powers of Pain set, this is the one to get. Why? Because nobody else made them. <laughs> we haven't gotten them from Mattel. As we all know, we've crapped all over LJN for never giving us Barbarian. They gave us Warlord in the trunks. We never got a Barbarian to go with them. We never got them from Hasbro. We didn't get them from Jackson, the BCA, which makes sense. Why would they? Um, I think they would have made great looking Hasbros. Again, these guys were made to be action figures. And looking at how good the Legion of Doom came out, you can only imagine how good the Powers of Pain would have been. But they were a little bit late to the party, I guess. And the first wave is when they would have included Powers of Pain, given when they entered the WWF to when they left. And unfortunately, again, we only got Warlord. Hasbro only gave us Warlord, but it was a singles-run Warlord. And we never got a Barbarian, unfortunately. So, if you're looking for a Powers of Pain set, this is the one to get. Because it's the only one to get. But they are incredible. They totally did them justice. And I would love to see Mattel take a swing at the Powers of Pain. I think they could really knock it out of the park. If they are under a contract. I'm just joking. Yeah, thank you. Copy and paste response. But they do need those, those, I don't even know what they're called. They weren't jackets. They were like these furs. It was almost, yeah, it was like a chain. It had a chain on it. Yeah, it was chain and fur and leather. And I don't know what it was, but we'll just call it a Powers of Pain jacket. And I think that that's what they need. So I'm looking at mine. I actually have them. I'm looking right at them. They're above my right shoulder. And the cool thing about the Warlord is it still has the KB Toys sticker on it. Very nice. And it says... It says eleven ninety nine on it. Very nice. It wasn't red penned. No, it wasn't red penned because I remember I found these. I I either took a day off work or my ex wife and I were going somewhere. Anyways, we were out in the Pleasanton area, and I was like, in Pleasanton, got to go to Stonebridge because KB Toys. Of course. Walk in, right there, dude. Warlord and Barbarian. I remember purchasing them? I was so excited to grab these. They were hard to find, if I remember correctly. I didn't see a lot of Powers of Pain out and about. There wasn't that many. So they were Series 16 uh, Jack's Classic Superstars. Fantastic figures. I mean, Scott did them justice. He, he talked about them. What I love is that Warlord's face paint is very similar to his LJN. Yeah. The only difference on the face paint, it seems like the LJN used a lighter blue on the outside, the outline where the Jack's Classic used a little bit of a darker blue. It's just a tad bit different. But other than that, it's fantastic. These were the Powers of Pain figures that we would have loved to have gotten when we were kids. For sure. Absolutely. And again, it would have been great to see him as a tag team in Hasbro. And unfortunately, we only got Warlord from a singles run. But I think that they are long overdue for a new set of figures. And I would love it if Mattel could get them under a contract. Scott, that rounds out the show. It is time to eat pie now. Oh, and what's your favorite pie, Jeff? Apple from Costco. We know.
quite a few of these figures that we have talked about tonight are on wrestling toy tracker that you can find the carded and loose prices of we talked about the warlord ljn that's on there i'm not even gonna try to remember the others oh scott talked about undertaker and warrior retro you can check out the prices of carded and loose ljn glue hasbro just toys bendems defining moments and retros so if you're in the hunt for any of those and you want to make sure you're getting the fair market price for those Head on over to Wrestling Toy Tracker. Have it up in one screen while you're scouring. It's a good word. It is solid. Mercari or eBay. While you're scouring, make sure you're getting the fair price. So check out WrestlingToyTracker.com or toy underscore tracker. Scott Eaglemoss. Yes, guys, head over to Eagle Moss. Give him a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Christmas is right around the corner. You need gifts. Eagle Moss has gifts. Head over, check out all of the cool properties under their umbrella from WWE, Batman, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, you name it. Most likely, they've got it. Check out all of the cool collectibles at Eagle Moss. Give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. We also want you to check out our buddies Breaker and Bane's podcast over at Power Hour on iTunes, Wrestling Talk, Toy Talk. They have a guest in each week. No matter how much their taste buds are off because Breaker likes pumpkin pie and they like radical skedaddle. You know what? Men of fine taste is what they are, Jeff. No, no, that's not fine taste. It's They also it, like The Office. Agree, you're just backing me up. They're not men of fine taste, but... <laughs> I think they are. They are terrific guys and more than happy to call them friends. So check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. Check out Doing the Favor. Check out their website, also doingthefavor.com with the SKUs, the UPCs. That links right up to PopFinder and BrickSeek. Again, doingthefavor.com and check out their show on that site as well, doingthefavor.com. Check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Steve and Eric put on a fun retro show over there. As I always say, it's one of the first shows I listen to as soon as it drops. I always look forward to it. So Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast or PPW Podcast. The Chick Foley Show is doing Toys for Tots this year and... I'm going to keep promoting it until it ends. And if you want to send any toys or anything over to send it on over to Sheena Phelps, P.O. Box 14393, Norfolk, Virginia, 23518. Or if you want to send monetary donations, send it to Sheena Phelps, the number two at yahoo.com and check out the show Chick Foley Show. Happy birthday, Seth. Happy birthday, Seth. We love you over here. You heard that velvety voice earlier, Wrestling Cheers, Justin Summers, Northeast Ohio Independent Podcast. That's a lot of fun that I I enjoy listening to. Justin does a great job leading that show. So check out the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Check out our good friends, Rucker and Marty over at Boot to the Face, another show I enjoy listening to. Eric Arana and I just did our next episode of Lucha Libre Figures and Facts. You guys will need to tune in to hear who we talked about this month. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, who do you have? Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We do a drunk podcast where we talk about wrestling, pay-per-views, all sorts of good stuff. We rank wrestlers, we do Mount Rushmore's, all sorts of fun stuff. And we do it while drinking. Well, the host doesn't drink because somebody has to steer the ship. But anyway, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Has Ed ever given you something that right before the show that was absolutely nasty? 
No, he never has. Actually, during quarantine, he has taken to becoming a mixologist. And he's been making a bunch of cool drinks that are like wrestling themed. Like he made this purple martini and it's obviously called the, um, the Velveteen Dream. He also did one called the, uh, it's called Green Mist. Oh. Yes. And it's a, like a green martini and it's delicious and it's got bitters in it. And normally I hate bitters, but it's really good. So he's actually taken to making all of these like wrestling inspired drinks and they're all really good. So no, he's never given me anything disgusting before doing a show, which is a good thing because I don't want to have to get up to puke during recording. That's just unprofessional. <laughs> I've always been curious if he's giving you something nasty, like you're just drinking a bang just to get the taste out of your mouths. Your mouth. No. And when we record, I, we usually do like six shows. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely have a bang going into it. Um, but yeah, every time he's made a drink before the show, it's been great. And he's, he selects really good beers. So I, yeah, he does a great job. He, he definitely does his job of keeping us drunk. Drunk Wrestling History on iTunes. You can also check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling every single day. Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes. Check out the man, the artist, Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter at The Art of Jason Wolf or give him a follow on Facebook, same place, The Art of Jason Wolf. Or head on over to his website, Doyle, D O Y L E Draws.com, where you can get in touch with the man himself get him a commission, or better yet, stay tuned to his social media because that man does custom Hasbro figures now. Completely sold out of his Rocket Owen Hart figure. And of course, it's amazing. He's been showing progress of the figure. It's beautiful. If you got one, congratulations. It's a work of art. There's going to be more figures coming, so stay tuned to his social media. He'll let you know when to go onto the website. Again, that's doyledraws.com. So you can order the figures. You got to jump on quick because they're gone immediately. So follow his social media, buy his custom figure on his figures on his website. You will not be disappointed. Again, at Art of Jason Wolf on Twitter and his website, DoyleDraws.com. Hire this man. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Oh man, I think by the time this show comes out, I think I'm gonna be up about seven pounds and it ain't muscle. Well, in the fine tradition that is Thanksgiving and stuffing yourself, be sure to wear your elastic band pants or sweats to the yes. table. Yep, will do. And the way I looked at it is I'm going to walk to the dinner table looking like Mattel Earthquake. <laughs> and I'm going to walk away from the table looking like Jack's classic superstars earthquake. <laughs> Very well done, dude. Very well done. Thank by the you. By the way, what did you think of Survivor Series? I thought it was really good match of the night, Sasha and Asuka, but yes. that's not a huge surprise. Drew and Roman just, Drew Mac and Fart, that is, <laughs> and Roman just beat the crap out of each other. Great main event. I was really surprised at the SmackDown squash. It was kind of shocking, and it was really weird the way that they just wrote Seth off TV. Uh, that was weird, wasn't it? it? Really, he called it the greater good. Right. And okay, you're going to go become a father that I guess that is the greater good. So good for Seth. He's off TV for a while. I expect to be back at the rumble. Um, overall, great. I, I thought it was a great card. It was fun. It, it didn't really, cause I had, like I said, I had just watched Survivor Series 89. So it didn't really hold up to the fine tradition of your five on five Correct. because it wasn't a lot of that. The women's match I thought was cool. It was a real shocker to have Lana win it just by standing on the stairs. Um, but that was, you know, it was entertaining. The Undertaker retirement, 
Hmm. I I don't know what to say about it. It was you, weird, wasn't it? It Yes, it was. And you had all these guys gather in the ring and they were all notable to the Undertaker career somehow. I thought it was hilarious that only Kane and the Godwin showed up in gimmick. <laughs> Poor Kane, like, just walked in. And everybody, it was really weird when Kane came in because all of the guys were surrounded in the ring and they all did the whole handshake thing. And HBK did the running high fives along, which I thought was great. And then Kane walks in and just walks off to the side and kind of stares at everybody. And then he's staring at the entranceway, like, can we just get this over with, please? <laughs> I'm the only one dressed up. <laughs> well, no, because the Godwins were too. Which was hilarious. Something tells me that's how the Godwins normally dress. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, like they're <laughs> legitimate pig farmers. Um, I thought it was hilarious, the cane thing, just walking in and standing like, come on, let's get this over with. I've been ribbed. Um, but then the Undertaker thing itself, he kind of just walked in and said that the character is going to rest in peace. Obviously, the coolest part was the Paul Bearer bit. It was very touching. And like I said earlier, Celeste definitely is not the only person that teared up a little bit when that happened. I saw a lot of people on social media that had said that and very much deserved. And look, The Undertaker's last match is the Boneyard match. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. So overall, he had the perfect match to end his career. Yes, it was a filmed, staged, choreographed thing. But it was so well done. It could have gone south. It could have been crapped on by everybody, but everybody loved it. So what better way to go out? It was the nice bow to put on his match career and going out the way that he did at Survivor Series with kind of a short promo and a bunch of people that meant everything to his career and then having Paul Bearer, quote unquote, show up. Maybe that was the nice little bow that sends Undertaker off into retirement. And now he's doing TikTok and you can get him on Cameo for a thousand bucks and... What? You know. he's, oh. doing t- he's doing TikTok? Yeah, he's on TikTok. I don't know how long that's going to last, but yeah, Undertaker, <laughs> The Undertaker is on TikTok. And $1,000 for cam- Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a $1,000 cameo. Dude, we got uh, Sandman for Drunk Wrestling History. No way. Yeah, on our latest episode at the very beginning is <laughs> Sandman's cameo. <laughs> that's Ed, gave him, Ed gave him kind of a guideline to go by. Uh-huh. And he completely ignored it. <laughs> and it's perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. So Sandman introduces drunk wrestling history. But aside from that, you can get Undertaker on Cameo. I want to say it's like $1,000 now. Um, it's only a limited run, I think. But yeah, now he can go do all of his stuff. He can kind of get out of character and just be Mark Calloway now, right? Like he's a family man and he can do talk shows and talk about the career of the Undertaker. And he can kind of let go of being the Undertaker now. And I guess that's a good thing. But... As we all know in the world of wrestling, there is no such thing as retirement. Just ask Terry Funk, right? Just ask Mankind. Right. There is no such thing as retirement. So you've got to think Vince is going to get that wild hair up his ass. He's going to be like, you know what? Call the Undertaker, damn it. You know, one more match. And the fans are going to clamor for it. So I, I don't think we've seen the last of them. But if we have seen the last of them, what a career. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a huge Undertaker fan because I've already said... I'm not. I uh, That doesn't take away anything that he's done in the ring. I respect him. He's a legend. He's a leader. Maybe has the greatest career ever of anybody in WWE. But I'm just not a huge Undertaker fan. My favorite version of Undertaker is Biker Undertaker, the American mm-hmm. badass. 
Mm -hmm. became a very real person at that point. And that's when I latched onto him and was like, dude, he's awesome. Then he went back to the Undertaker gimmick. And I was like, eh, okay. Just because he was kind of the the last of like the gimmicks that worked. Right? Right. He came in in 91 or 90. And right when he came in, I'm like, this isn't going to last. There's no way that this is more just bringing in characters. And when the character got over and he became a face, then they started bringing in the cast of characters for him to fight Kamala giant Gonzalez. He's fighting King Kong Bundy. He's fighting Kama, the Supreme fighting machine. It's like they keep creating guys for him to fight. And it's like, Oh, okay. So now this gimmick is fighting other gimmicks and it's just, It didn't work for me because I started to kind of turn against those gimmicky characters. And I think that's why I never latched onto Undertaker until he became the American badass. Because then he was like more true to who he is in real life. And that showed through. And I latched onto that character. When he was the gimmick, I was like, eh, okay, you're disappearing into the ceiling. Like, that's not real. Come on. Like, I was kind of fighting against the crazy gimmicks that was the early to mid-90s. And I think that's why I never latched onto Undertaker. But when he became the badass, that's when I really liked him. Well, when you talked about the cast of characters that they were parading out there, I mean, he also faced Yoko, who wasn't a character. Agree. Agree. And that's when he disappeared into the ceiling. He he faced Jake. He faced Snuka. I mean, I'm just going down his WrestleMania list. Now, obviously, we got to nine. He faced Giant Gonzalez. Well, no, I was talking more when he became a face, right? Because oh, when he's okay. heel, obviously, he can fight all the big faces of the day, right? He fought Ultimate Warrior. He fought Hogan. Right. But when he turned face, it was like, that's when they started rolling out the cast of characters. Okay. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, come on, guys. Like, But you're right. When, when he faced Yoko, that was like, okay, this is cool. But then he disappeared into the ceiling. And then at Royal Rumble 98, they lit his casket on fire. And who did it? A created gimmick, Kane. Like, <laughs> Kane, of course, now we all know has had a great career. Right. But they lit his casket on fire. And Undertaker's dead. And he's been buried in the ground. And he comes back. It's like, those are the things that I'm like, okay, come on. I'm not going to sit here and, and suspend belief that... And I mean, that's what wrestling is, right? But I just, I, I never latched on to any of the crazy things they did with the character. It wasn't until American Badass when he became more grounded I was like, okay, this is cool. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Undertaker. This is just, just me, like, not being a huge Undertaker fan. I don't want to pretend to be, but I respect the hell out of what he did. He was there when guys were leaving left and right. Like, he was the stabilizing force, I think, to WWF, leading through the Attitude Era. Like, he was that guy. He was always there, and he was never going to leave. He was very loyal to Vince. Mm-hmm. And WWF could have folded when Nitro started taking over. And there were many reasons why it didn't. And I would say that Undertaker was one of those reasons. He was a stabilizing force in the WWF. And I respect the hell out of what he did. I respect the hell out of his career. But the character, I never really got behind. Well, for each comma and Giant Gonzalez, there was a Sid and Shawn Michaels that the Undertaker, that character, did face. Sid? Really? Sid? Uh, Well, you're talking about all these cast of characters that they're parading out there, but Sid was a real dude. I mean, like, I'm not saying real, but he wasn't a character. Right, right. But no, he had great matches with Bret Hart, great matches with Mankind, great matches with Sean. So again, I'm not taking anything away from what he did. It was, he was kind of the, the one 
big, gimmicky character that managed to turn out a 30-year career. And, dude, how many people could have taken a guy that was putting dead bodies in the ground and turned it into a 30-year career? That speaks volumes about the talent of Mark Calloway to take what was given to him and what could have been just a garbage gimmick, like Duke the Dumpster Drossy. It could have been horrible, and he turned it into a 30-year career and maybe the best career ever in WWF, WWE, and you think of all the names that have come through, he probably had the best career. And how talented is he to be able to take that gimmick and keep changing it and make to where he can walk out on his own terms at Survivor Series 30 years later? That's that's incredible. So kudos to the man. Absolutely incredible. Very well said, Scott, for episode 254. Anything else? I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving with your families. I hope you also walked up to the table looking like a Mattel earthquake and walked away looking like Jack's classic superstars earthquake. (laughs) Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig life since 2016. And happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 254. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Holy Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.